This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. Just a couple of days before Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. And to all of our brothers and sisters of other faiths, may the spirit of Christmas be with you at this time. Getting some feedback here. So I'm going to work on that. I'm so glad to be with you here on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, as we are in the midst of uh, this celebration of light. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish brothers and sisters. Happy Hanukkah to you. Blessings to you. Just another sign of God's miracles. Yes, yes, yes. Letting that candle burn. You had one day, one day, and it burned for eight, just as long as you needed it. Oh, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And we thank God for Jesus and his and his mission, and his mission. Yes, I am the Christmas girl, everybody. <laughs> I am the Christmas girl. And you know what? As I was thinking, you know, our... Religious celebration should offend no one. This should offend no one. In fact, we should embrace all of these traditions, no matter which one to which we adhere. So let's let's really kind of grow with that, everybody. And so I'm sending all of my love to my morning stars today. We're going to have Linear Bob. Yvonne, I want you to call in today, too. We're going to reach out to you. I just found your number. I want to find out from you what is the big story of 2022 and what do you foresee for 2023? Was it Georgia? Was it inflation? Was it the January 6th commission's findings? I mean, and mind you, we just have, a, we have another week left in the year, so only heaven knows what else will happen. But what was the big story for you this year? Was it COVID? People saying that it's over, but it's not. What is the big story? So much happened. I've got whiplash, and I want to hear from you. I want you to tell me what you think the big story was in 2022. Voter suppression, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia was on everyone's minds. The midterms, the Republicans didn't take the Democrats out. There was a nail-biter in Georgia until we got Raphael Warnock. And then Kirsten Sinema said, oh, no, I'm not a Democrat anymore. I'm an independent. Oh, what a year. What a year. (laughs) Call me at 773-763-9278. 773-763-WCPT. I want you to meet my morning stars on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel or on my Facebook page, Santita Jackson and Friends. But please, everybody, get on over to that channel, to the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. And um, let's get on with some of these headlines. It is freezing. It is freezing, freezing, freezing everywhere. In Denver, they had a 40-degree, they had a 37-degree drop in an hour. 40-degree drop, too. I mean, it's just, it's freezing everywhere. Everybody, please be careful. In Chicago, we're going to have a high of 2 degrees. It feels like it's 11 below right now. Hmm. And then it will feel like it's 7 below. It's going to warm up to that, and it will be cloudy today. Um, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, 1 degree will be your high. Bless your hearts. 11 degrees below zero. That's what it feels like right now. It's cloudy. Everybody get to warming stations no matter where you are. No one should be on the streets. And if you do not have heat in your home, don't open that oven. Go to a warming station. Go to a neighbor's place. Please, everybody. 
In the NFL, the Jaguars 19, the Jets 3 in for Thursday night football. And the Bulls will be playing the Knicks tonight, and the Timberwolves will be playing the Celtics. Even though it's cold, basketball and the sports will go on. The Blue Jackets will be in Chicago, and the Sharks were triumphant over the wild yesterday, 5-2, to 5-2. to two. Everyone's talking about the weather. Please, please be careful. And if you have to get in your car, remember this. With this weather, within 10 minutes you can get frostbite. Any exposed skin, within 10 minutes you can get frostbite. So in your car you need to have... You need to be prepared just in case the car stops. You need to have blankets. You need to have these uh, warming, um, oh, goodness, they are these packets that once you crack them open and you rub them together, they can, they can, warm, they can keep you heated. Please, but if you, if you can, stay inside today. Stay indoors or go someplace very quickly so that you can get indoors, everybody. The massive winter storm battering the U.S. is hitting major cities at a time when millions of travelers are trying to get to be with their families and loved ones, everyone. Nearly 3,000 flights within, into or out of the U.S. have already been canceled today, according to flight tracking site FlightAware. Cancellations are highest at New York's LaGuardia, Detroit, Seattle, Chicago, Denver, Boston. Everybody, please be careful. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection recommends barring former President Donald Trump. From holding office again. What do you think about that, everybody? Call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. That recommendation is, mo- is among the conclusions in the bipartisan panel's first, well, excuse me, final report. It was released late, late Thursday. It's more than 800 pages. The summary is more than 100 pages, but it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Do you think that he should be barred from running from off, running for running for office, from running for office ever, ever, ever again? Mm. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Thursday labeled fighting in Ukraine a war. That's the first known time that he has said that in public, deviating from his carefully crafted description of Moscow's invasion as a special military operation. Migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border are struggling to find shelter while enduring freezing temperatures. In El Paso, Texas, in the midst of a declared state of emergency, over thousands of migrants are living in unsafe conditions. If they don't have the proper paperwork, they cannot be taken into shelters. I hope that these people will have mercy in this time, in this holy season, when Jesus was... Shut out of the inn, Pastor Tisha Dixon-Williams, and have mercy on our human brothers and sisters and bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in. No one should be out and freeze to death. I don't care what your nationality is because God doesn't even see that. We have, on January 26th, WCPT is going to have a mayoral forum. All of the top candidates will be there. And that's what we're trying to get everybody there. Everybody needs to be there, and you need to be there, too, everybody. Joan Esposito, Patty Vasquez, and I will moderate this mayoral candidates forum. You will hear directly from the candidates under the, about the direction they want to lead the city in for the next four years. Can you believe it's been four years since Lori Lightfoot was elected? Well, the candidates have filed. And Chicagoans, well, we're going into another season. We thought midterms 2022 was something. you got to hang around for a Chicago mayoral election, everybody. Stay tuned to WCPT so you can find out more about it. In the meantime, Pastor Tisha Dixon-Williams, 
such a joy to have you, my beloved sister friend. I want to say this publicly mm-hmm. because, you know, I've said it to you privately. I love you, and I thank God for you. I appreciate and value our friendship and our sisterhood. God bless you, my dear sister. Oh, the same holds true for me to you. I adore you. I thank you so much for allowing me to share in this platform. You could have anybody on this platform at any given time, and I don't take it lightly that you choose me, and I love you too. (laughs) My dear sister, as it's cold, as we're praying for the migrants who are seeking asylum, who are seeking shelter in the United States, please don't let them stay on the streets for our Texas uh, listeners. Just bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in. That is one of the lessons of our season. Pastor Tisha Dixon-Williams, when you think that the King of Kings (laughs) was put in the barn where, as a friend of mine put it, he said, where the cow cow dung lived. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's it. So let's think about that, everybody. Remember, during this season, but I, I dare not speak uh, when I've got such an anointed person in the house. What's the good news today? Uh, the good news today, I um, there's a whole debate. I don't know if everyone's been seeing it on social media or whether or not you all have engaged in this debate yourselves. For whatever reason, this year, more than any other year, probably likely because Christmas falls on a Sunday, is great debate as to whether service should be inside, if people should actually come to the building, or if people should worship virtually. There are ministries and churches who have opted to only do virtual service so that people might enjoy their time at home on Christmas Day. And it's been up for big debate, and this is weird because probably spurred by COVID-19 and our quarantine in the past, but this is strange because Christmas has always fallen on a Sunday, at least every seven years. We know that to be true. But this year, more than every other year, it's up for debate. It's being tossed around back and forth. People are actually getting into heated arguments about whether or not people should come into the church. Now, as a pastor, I will say this. Christmas Day is one of my favorite days, certainly because it's Christmas Day. Yes, because of the birth of Jesus. Yes, because I get to open presents. But can I be honest, Antita, and tell you why in recent years Christmas Day has become my favorite day? Because it is my only true rest day. (laughs) One day a year where I'm about 75% guaranteed not to be disturbed. And so for the past few Christmases, much to my family's dismay, I choose to stay in the house. Last year, I just ordered Chinese, sat in a onesie, and enjoyed myself. It was my only day off. (laughs) Even more than Thanksgiving, Christmas Day. In the onesie? One day off. In the onesie. So, Girl, I got a couple of those, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> fuzzy feet and the whole bit. Yes. But I say that to say that I want to encourage people, whether you go into a church building or whether you choose to worship virtually, Christmas Day is about so much more than that. Here's what I want for everyone. Take the day off. Hmm. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're engaged in, I want you to enjoy Christmas Day as a gift to you to take the day. I want you to refuse to be fearful and fretful this Christmas. I want you to take the day off from that. 
we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Christmas should be running over with hope and joy and peace and all good things because of our Savior, because of our Deliverer, because of our Healer, because of our strong tower. If there was any reason to take a break, that's it, because Jesus is still in control, even on Jesus' celebrated birthday. But out here, we're always pushing the panic button. Everywhere you look, there's a spirit of fear on us. Everywhere you look, as you just announced, there's there's war, there's famine, there's people homeless. There's so many things to worry about that consume us on a regular basis. But I'm inviting you to take the day. We're worried about our jobs, our businesses, our families. Many of us are white-knuckling our hands in fear, wondering what we're going to do about our next situation. But what if you were just to hit pause for 24 hours and enjoy Christmas Day in the spirit in which it was a given? Glad tidings, joy, peace, light, and love. So I want to say if you're pushing the panic button, here's your answer. Have faith in God, refuse to fear, and on Christmas Day, do your best to enjoy the festivities. Because when we fear gives place to the enemy, that keeps us in torment. We're constantly wrestling with our thoughts. But if there's one day that you should be able to rest in the joy and love and peace and comfort of Christ, it should be on Christ's birthday. But I'm inviting you, if your boss didn't say it, if your family doesn't say it, your loved ones don't say it, your partner doesn't say it, go ahead and take the day. That's the good news. That is the good news. That is, you know, my father works all the way through the holiday, but because of the weather, uh, yeah. every year we start off uh, going to the to the Cook County Jail and to the people who've been forgotten, and um, and we have a Christmas service, and then you come home and dinner's almost ready, and then we just have a good time, sit up and talk, talk about the, you know, we even have a trial. <laughs> Pastor Williams, uh, where we enact the you know the the big stories of the year, <laughs> so it's always been a lot of fun. But I guess you know we try to focus on the reason for the season, the yeah. reason for the season, and you know I think that part of that is rest, rest, because I think that people you know you're taxed trying to get gifts and all this stuff. Oh, and oh yeah. And now when people have no money, how about that? I mean, it just makes it even okay. worse. You, you know, you're right. And I think that sometimes we have, um, because Americans work so hard, so hard all the time. We, we don't have the paid leave. That's what happened with our rail workers. They still don't have paid leave, everybody. They still don't have it. People upon whom we depend so greatly, we, they still don't have paid leave. And then, of course, coming, those of us whose forebears came out of slavery, you know, it was, you know, rest was shunned. You couldn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we still carry with us, don't you think? Agreed. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's something that we carry with us. I also think it's also very Western. It's something that we carry with us and have inherited um, by the by virtue of being Americans. Um, one of the things that I love about traveling to Africa and Morocco, my second home, is mm-hmm. time almost slows down. You know, you know it's the same same 
time, you know the hours are the same, but the pace is totally different. And what I always tell people about Africa and why I like to go there is you don't tell Africa what to do. It tells you what mm. to do. <laughs> Including, you know, as we say in Swahili, pole, pole, slowly, slowly. The pace is different. The sad part about it and the indictment against us is it takes at least a week to match that pace before you can even begin to enjoy yourself because we're always in a one speed go. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, because you have the siestas. I mean, people of color really, that we, we say stop. Stop, stop, mm-hmm. stop. And, you know, go, you know, there's certain things that you didn't do under a full moon. Um, There's certain things, you know, there's certain things that you do at a certain time of year. I mean, we really are adherents to that. What, please talk to me about that. Why do, why do, why does everything slow down in the so-called global south? I think it slows down because we're more intentional. And here's an interesting Here's really why I think we slow down. We're intentional about certain rituals, about certain traditions that cause us to slow down. One thing I love about the South and about Africa, the way I think they mirror each other, mm-hmm. is the importance of meals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Meals. As a New Yorker, we are constantly eating on the go, which is why so much of our food is portable. A sandwich, a bagel, a pizza. The best foods here in New York are ones you can carry in your hand and keep moving. And not so in the South and not so in Africa. Meals mean something. Meals are monumental. Meals communicate love. They communicate community and family. Um, When you go down South, even the wonderful servers are, okay, baby, what would you like? (laughs) That's right. to want to sit down and slow down and enjoy, you know, come to the table, your food is going to get cold. And when we adopt those attitudes about coming to a table in communion, it helps us to slow down, which is what I love about our culture, that meals matter. Meals are a point of community and camaraderie and love and coming together. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I adopted, this is a rule and a boundary that I've placed on myself, is I don't work and eat. And I put that in place when I began pastoring because for 14 years in corporate America, I was always eating on the go. I was eating in my desk. If I was working on a project, I would eat while I worked. And when I became a pastor and gave up the corporate life, I sat down one day and I realized I was working and eating. And I said to myself, you don't have to do that anymore. And it became a boundary for me, a rule, a hard and fast rule for me, which sometimes is difficult to keep. (laughs) But I don't work and eat because I thought to myself, what am I saying to my body when I can't even give it the honor of enjoying and digesting food for an hour a day? Is my body, the body that takes care of me, the body that works for me, the body that pushes so hard for me, in pursuit of my goals, can I not just honor it for one hour? I feel like Jesus, can you just wait for me for one hour? Um, Mm -hmm. Can I just not (laughs) honor it for one hour by enjoying and digesting my food properly? And so, yeah. No, no, I appreciate that because we need that. We need that. Yes. We need that. It's a way to (laughs) and check in. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll solve some of our digestive problems. Seriously. And I think it would. I think yeah. it would. I think it would. We're not living in the natural. 
as my great grandmother mm-hmm. Tibby used to say. You know. And we're not living <coughs> the now. <coughs> yeah, not. excuse me. We're not living the way we're supposed to live, eating the way we're supposed mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. So I love you. I'm gonna go get some I water. Call yeah, me, everybody. Me. The big story of 2022. What is it? Call me. Bye bye. <laughs> This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio. The voice of progressive Minnesota. It is cold in Chicago. It is cold in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It is cold in Atlanta. It's cold in Denver. They had a... 40 degree drop in an hour. Huh? What? What is going on here? It's cold everywhere throughout most of America. And people are stuck at airports and people are having to go to work. And if you have to go to work, make sure you have blankets in your car. Make sure you have something to drink. Make sure you have no exposed skin because in this weather, in this cold, you could get frostbite within 10 minutes and you don't recover from that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, please, everybody, please be careful. Please be careful and take care of yourselves. Well, you know what? This is the last show of the year for the Santita Jackson Show. And I just want to hear from everybody. 773-763-9278. 773-763-WCPT. I want to know what you think the biggest story of the year is. I mean, there are... <laughs> I have whiplash, everybody. There have been so many. I mean, let's look at 2022, but let's see. Let's let's see what might happen in 2023. You've got January 6th. You've got the midterms. You've got Georgia voter suppression. You've got former President Trump. You've got the January 6th conclusions. They're saying, hey, he should never be allowed to run for office again. What do you think about that? What about President Biden, what about his performance? Even though he's had a lot of victories, he's still a little bit underwater. What's the deal? His numbers have been rising, though. What about inflation? What about the abortion decision? What about Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine? We're giving them $45 billion more dollars, everybody. Ooh. What about Russia, you, you, the United States, NATO? What, 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 what is, in your town? What is the big story? Uh, All this red Republican wave that was supposed to happen, it didn't manifest. But President Trump still won about 90 percent of the people who he ran for office, even though the corporate media is giving you the opposite um, message. The fact is, if you go to Ballotpedia, they have broken it down. So there's a lot going on. But I want to know what you think the big story of 2022 or the big stories of 2022 are. Call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. And, of course, Jarvis, I want you to know my health is great. I'm doing something that I think everybody ought to do, if you're blessed to do so. I'm taking tests to find out just how I'm doing. And there's some other things I've got to tweak. I had a life-saving surgery in 2004. 
And it's something that requires me to be quite vigilant about my health. And so, you know, many of you have noticed that I've lost weight this year. I've lost about 40 pounds, um, most of which I had intended to lose. The last 15 kind of took me by surprise. But my health, all the indications are that my health is great. And I'm, I'm working on it. And so I want you to work on it, too, okay? But Jarvis, thank you for sending your concern and love my way. We've got a tremendous panel talking to us. Uh, uh, Paul, I just need to make sure, do we have Attorney Hoffler on with us yet? Okay. So we've got just, we've got the whole crew who are with us all the time. Of course, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, uh, Legal Q&A with C.K., Court TV Legal Analyst, Chair of Rainbow Push, former President of the National Bar Association, host of her own show on WAOK, the iconic radio station in Atlanta. We've got attorney Daryl Jones, host of his own show on WOL in Washington, D.C., brilliant civil rights and voting rights lawyer, uh, chair of the Transformative Justice Coalition, brilliant political organizer, political analyst, attorney Erin Connolly, my beloved sister, and of course my beloved sister, Soror, <laughs> attorney Anastasia Sinat. Um, I don't think there's a greater... Uh, advocate for the Haitian community, the Haitian-American community and the Haitian diaspora that exists. Uh, She is the president of the Haitian-American Lawyers Association of Illinois. Brilliant lawyer, brilliant, and an expert in immigration. Maybe that's one of the the big stories, too. We're dealing with it right now. There's no room at the end for the migrants who do not have proper paperwork down in Texas while they have record cold. Have a heart. Let the people in, everybody. Have a heart. Of course, Dwight McKee, brilliant social scientist. I think I've got everybody covered here. Do I not? Yeah, I think I do. So let's go on and get things started. Let me start with you, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, everybody. Let's try to keep it a little brief. Well, you know what? Real quick. It's the People Show, C.K. Let me bring on Reverend Wright, who's calling us from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, before I get to you down there in cold old Atlanta. You got to put on one of those fur coats today, girl. Oh, like she was wearing a fur coat for the gods, everybody, and she needed it when she was here a couple of days ago. But it was fabulous. Oh. Reverend, how are you this morning? I am blessed. How you doing, Miss Jackson? Oh, I am blessed by the best, and so blessed to be speaking yeah. with you. What's on your mind today? Well, what do you think coughing. is like the big story? Well, I heard you coughing on the air. I did a prayer for you live. You just didn't hear it, but just know if your throat starts feeling better, the Lord is already making contact with you. That was done. I want you to know it worked. Listen to me. You clear right up. Come on. Amen. Now, Amen. Uh, a subject I had I wanted to bring about was uh, North Korea. They fired off their ballistic missile this morning in mm-hmm. response to Ukraine uh, being in our country and doing what they need to do, ask for money to keep their war going on. I'm glad and being in the military, now I'm Air Force, uh, Army, and Air Force, I'm Tuskegee Airmen, so the war and things like that I watch a lot. Uh, the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars, it's in the Word, so it, it's right on course, but this is one to watch. It's like the cold hawk you have in your city today and around the country, cold air, something to watch. But this is different because it's, it, it's on the verge, and we could be on the verge soon or later of some type of attack. So it's just a uh, word talk, you know, just talking about it, but things about it is, it's real. And we just can't sit back and not be advised or watch and just be wary of it. And Lord has it has us in our hands, in his hands. And let's just be somebody prayerful about also within our prayer list. That's all I wanted to Amen. mention. 
Well, no, please. We Nuclear war is something that we're talking about. We haven't talked about it in a couple of generations, not in a real way, but it's it's like it's right here. It's right here. But remember, with North Korea, we have an armistice treaty with North and South Korea. We don't have a peace treaty. We're still technically at war with North Korea, and I think we have to remember that. I remember getting into it with um, Lou Dobbs, God bless him, on, on Fox News. He said, no, we're at peace. I said, no, we're not. We're at armistice. <laughs> Just let's look it up. You know, the, the best gift out of Chicago was sending Dennis Rodman over to North Korea. But the ball game he played was not for war. It was mm-hmm. symbolic to the leader wanting uh, to sport, him, sport the game, and he liked him as a favorite. Understood. But it, it would have been a good negotiating tool had... While he was there, this is my thinking. And I met Dennis Rodman at the airport flying out of town, uh, mm-hmm. out of uh, good old Chicago. And he and I talked to him about a lot of things. And, and he talked real perfectly clear. I mean, he was fine with me. I didn't have no negative spirits or any of that connotation mm-hmm. or any of that. Uh, and, and I'm very comfortable with that. But see, one thing I learned about folks who we send as diplomats to the country of that country, borderline or South Korea versus North Korea, we have to be cautious. They have to be about our father's business when they go, and and that's the big thing. And that well, we should do that. With, we, I think we should have that requirement right. of all our diplomats, and they are not that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to do some thinking, and I think that's the inflection point, uh, Pastor Wright, that we are in right now, just really figuring out exactly who we are, and and that's reflective of the year. We've had so much that has happened, so much that has happened. I thank you for calling us from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, sending you much love. I'm loving you, loving you, loving you. Thank you for your support. Enjoy your vacation, ma'am. It's well needed as us broadcasters understand that. We need some time Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love you. Attorney C.K. Hoffler, everybody, I need need all my panel. Give me about two minutes of what you think the big story or stories the story is or the stories are and why. Attorney C.K. Hoffler. Good morning, Santana, and everyone. The continuous continuous mess in Georgia elections in 2022. That, that's the big story for me, starting from the jubilation that we felt when Senator Raphael Warnock, you know, won. We were all so excited. And then before we could even breathe, and I believe it's all connected to Georgia, we had the event of January 6th. But as you know, there was only one thing really this year that caused me to have heart palpitations, hold my pearls even though I didn't have it around my neck, and to really start sweating bullets. Sweating bullets, Santi, the bullets sweating all off my head in Georgia. And that was really the Senate race between Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Because I was, you know, sometimes we can be dramatic, falling out on my chair, on my couch, everything. Just falling out at the notion, especially in the last hours of the election, that there, that 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 Herschel Walker almost won, almost became the next U.S. Senator from the state of Georgia. In and of itself, that was just incredibly difficult, and I think that was that was just historic and mo- a momentous occasion that it almost happened because it, it, it's not the fact that he almost won, given who he is and all the reasons why he shouldn't have won. It's the fact that it happened and what it says 
about this country. That's why, for me, at the top of the list of crazy, hot mess, important, distinctive, don't know, even know what to say about events in 2022 is the elections in Georgia. Mm. <laughs> Anastasia Nott, Attorney Sanat, what do you think? What was the big story for you or the big stories? Two minutes. Well, I would agree that um, the invasion from Russia into Ukraine is a large story, and the Reverend mentioned that. I also would think that the death of Queen Elizabeth was a monumental mm-hmm. uh, international incident because it's going to impact multiple Commonwealth countries, which, of course, as we've already discussed in the past, are former territories, former slave countries. And so all of those people, I believe, are going to be rising up in 23 and beyond. But personally, for me, what was um, impactful for me this year and I think was impactful to the community that I tend to advocate for is the busing of immigrants from Texas and other places to places like here in Illinois, Chicago, and New York, and um, other places like that. So immigration reform is always going to be one of the things that I think is big money, because the United States makes a lot of money off of these immigrants. How? Immigrants put in money, and they they use the money. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think those three stories uh, collectively um, are really important um, stories that people should be talking about and have been talking about. Well, I was asking you how, because, you know, Americans, at least when we see the black and brown immigrants, we look at them as a drain on the society instead of looking at the fact that oh, many of no, these they're, immigrants. They're, well, I mean, you know, when you look at the the indigenous immigrants who speak Spanish, this is their home. They're coming. <laughs> this is El Norte to them. So I think we need to be clear yeah, on that. Detention centers. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you remember a 13th. Um, there was a, a I guess it was a Netflix uh, documentary that came out mm-hmm. um, number 13. And it talks about how it was a pipeline for black people to go into prison. The immigrant population, even though they're not going into, quote unquote, prisons with crimes, they're going into prison, which are detention centers. Detention centers are actually state run prisons. All Mm -hmm. the states make money. All the private prisons make money for housing people. All of our tax money goes into the food companies that provide them food, clothing, shelter. This is big business. Immigration enforcement is big business. But that's why I want you to say it. um, (laughs) Oh, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, because, I I mean, Ukraine is big business. You know, we have something called that. In 1914, you had the the Christmas truce during the First World Mm -hmm. War. The German and, Mm -hmm. and British troops refused to shoot each other on Christmas and they came out and they basically surrendered to each other, started playing, sharing food. And the surrender, I mean, and the truce lasted day after day after day into January. But the military industrial complex, their commanders and the heads of state became worried. They were like, no, no, they need, they need to fight. This is what happened. Yeah. And then they, they yeah, had to stop killing each other. There's no one buying the guns. <laughs> Okay, that's why I had to ask I mean, you. I, I, I mean, let's, let's be honest. 
When okay. I mean, I, I talked about it with you a while ago about the Merchant of Death being released and people not seeing that as something that they needed to pause and be conflicted about. But if he's an arms dealer, he's he's selling weapons. Wait, wait a minute. Destruction. He, Maybe not no, mass, he's part of the. That means he's part of the guns. government. He's part of the government because that's what they do. Right. That's, that's what I mean, they do. Why else would Russia want him back? So, well, no, and yeah, wait a minute. And why were we not willing? Immigration enforcement, all of that is big business. Wait a and we the were willing to trade here, him. That are released, that get paroled, that get temporary protective yeah. status. All of them contribute to the Boot, economics of the United States. Yeah, that's right. But let us not. I mean, let us not. Let us not. Let it not be lost. Victor Boot was in Marion, Illinois, and he's in the munitions business, and that is a borderless business, quite frankly. So he did business mm-hmm. with us. He did business with everybody. And we just need to be clear that war is big business and it has no borders, tragically. Let me go to you. Um, Tragically, Attorney General Jones. Big story, stories. Good morning, Santina. And I I tell you, there's so many stories to to choose from. Uh, (laughs) I would tend to to stay there in the state of Georgia. And I I think one of them would have to be the the overcoming of all the odds and voter suppression that was put on the young voters and voters of color there that just came out in record numbers in compressed circumstances in in the midterm runoff election uh, to cast their ballots. But, you know, that's rivaled, I think, with with Brunswick, Georgia, because folks got to remember it was 2022 is the first time the state of Georgia ever uh, invoked, convicted and sentenced. Uh, the for the federal hate crime statute and the death of Ahmad Arbery. That was 2022. And it was a black four person, uh, people um, may remember, that was in tears, given the verdict uh, of that federal jury. That's got to be one of the top stories. And, you know, and I would say that is right up there with um, the appointment of, uh, of, of, of Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson to the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. So all of those, to me, are, are many of the, the top stories. And, of course, you know, dealing with the Supreme Court, uh, overturning Roe versus Wade, uh, that, that, too, would be, would be right there, Santita. Whiplash. Just this year, Aaron. It seems like everything happened this year. Well, and everything around the world. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about the the women of Iran for a minute. I think um, mm-hmm. many many of us have have held space, including on, on this show, for for that revolution that's that's taking place in Iran. Um, as someone who has been lucky to uh, know Iranians living in America and throughout the world, and experience the beautiful culture that they have. To see those people rise up, particularly the women, and take back uh, pieces of their freedom and country, I think is, is a story that we need to, to speak more about um, on the global scale. Uh, Daryl mentioned this a little bit, but I think um, our Supreme Court in general is is making headlines more than it ever has and is at risk of, of becoming so politicized that, that we no longer trust it. We look at the leak around Roe versus Wade. We look at that decision. We look at also the impact that we're seeing, the full impact of Citizens United now and some of these previous decisions that were controversial. And we see the leadership of the Roberts Court and what that legacy is really going to be. And that's, that's extremely troubling with the, the new uh, allegations of um, impropriety by Justice Thomas, Alito, and some others. Um, And locally, I also want to mention, for me, I I live in Highwood, Illinois, which is right next to Highland Mm. Park. And we still see gun violence 
not only in communities like Highland Park on the 4th of July, but in um, cities across the country, in rural communities that have the highest gun violence and murder rates um, in the United States, throughout the South, throughout uh, the Plain States. And gun violence continues to be a huge, huge issue, not only for um, our young people looking at this at, at schools, but that is a big statistic that changed this year. Young people are more likely to be killed by a gun than in any other way. Car accidents, illness, anything. Weapons are the most dangerous thing for our children, and that is a new thing this year. Mm. Dwight McKee, your thoughts. So much happened this year. Yeah, it was quite a year. I think probably the Ukraine, the implications in the Ukraine, because the implications for the uh, starvation of Africa, if that, that issue does not solve, since they're kind of the breadbasket of that hemisphere, and its implications to long-range NATO plans, uh, and its uh, the impact it has on inflation, you know, they keep pumping money in, and I think people get confused. They think the money goes to the Ukraine, but the money actually goes to the American arms dealers because they use the money to buy arms. And who do they buy arms from but the uh, American arms manufacturers? So it's a kind of a ruse, you know, and people get upset about it because they say, well, why would we give? $80 billion to the Ukrainians. Well, that's really not what's happening. What's happening is we are reinvesting the tax money we have into the arms dealers in America who makes these guns. And so I think probably the Ukraine and first and secondly, the fact that the uh, Democrats was able to maintain control of the Senate. I think that's going to have long-range implications um, to be able to keep us in the game because I think that if the Republicans would have taken over both the House and the Senate, I think it would have been curtains for us, and they would have taken us back 50, 60, 70 years if they could. I Mm. think those are the, the major stories we have. And I think lastly, the change in the weather. I think weather is going to be a major, major, major crisis for the next 10, 15 years until we resolve how we're going to deal with, you know, that crisis. And I think we're going to go from this uh, kind of, these kind of winters to treacherous summers that are, you know, 10, 15 degrees uh, stronger than what, uh, stronger than we've seen before, or harder than we've seen before. And I think this may have a devastating impact on the the, uh, the climate and the, uh, the economy. Mm, you know, and Anastasi, before we go to break, indeed, they're saying that weather is a real driver of forced migrations of people. It will shift uh, populations all around the world. I mean, how will that, how do you think, where... What are our vulnerabilities in terms of our immigration system in the United States? I'm just very quickly about got about a minute. Um, well, we're in holiday season. I know you don't like to reference it that, but that's really, really what happens. And America basically shuts down for a two week period. During that mm-hmm. two week period, that's when you get an influx of people crossing the border. 
because there's no one there to protect the border. <laughs> They're on vacation. So between um, Hanukkah and Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, people are just not at work. And then you also have what federal government has, which is called a user leave time. If you don't use the time that you were given, you're going to lose that time. And so a lot of people decide they want to take their vacations at this time, thereby bringing down the workforce and Mm -hmm. opening up an opportunity for people to migrate to the United States. So basically, this is the next two weeks. There's a whole bunch of people about arriving in the United States that we don't know about. And where will they? Will they have papers? What What's going to happen? No, they're going to come in illegally. The people that come in legally, we know who they are. The people that come in illegally, we're not going to know who they are. They'll start popping up, and you'll start seeing them all over the United States. Obviously, they come in where they come in. Some come in through Canada. Some come in through Mexico. Some come by boat, but most of them come during the holidays because there's less people to uh, apprehend them. Mm. Wow. You know, I think, I know. We, well, 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 one of the things that we've got to look at is American mischief and a lot of the interfering that we're doing in these countries that push people out. People are not running to America as much as they are running away from home because of dire conditions that we and our government and our corporations have helped to create. And I think we've got to be very Absolutely. honest about that. You know, they assassinated I mean, the president of Haiti in 2021. Yes. There has been no election in the entire Port-au-Prince area has about 95 gangs out of the 200 in the country that are shutting down the capital city of Haiti. People cannot go to work. People cannot get gas. People are being kidnapped. There is no uh, stability of life for the majority of the people that are living in Port-au-Prince, which is the majority of the country. So when you think about why they would even want to get on a boat and head to Florida, that's why. Because if I want to just do good and work, I might have to do what we call break a law someplace else. But if I break a law someplace else, I might be safer, which isn't necessarily guaranteed because we have gangs here. We have violence here. All the same things that exist in that country exist in this country, but we have protections that are in place that they don't have. Well, you know, you look at what's happening with our with our brothers and sisters from South and Central America. It's the same thing. Venezuela, we want their oil. <laughs> we and we want we right. want that we want their product. And they have held yeah. fast, so and they should have know. in which they're being destabilized intentionally yes. in order to obtain those resources. And and, and yes, this is absolutely. what's driving a lot of what when you see this this massive wave of immigrants coming here. Well, they're being driven here. So we'll be talking about more of these big stories, more of these big stories of 2022. And what do you see in 2023? Call me at 773-763-9278. And hey, January 26th, we're kicking it off on WCPT, the mayoral debate right here on WCPT. Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Mm. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to cold Chicago WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station in cold Minneapolis, St. Paul. 
AM 950 Radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota. It is cold. Oh, my gosh. Please stay warm, everybody. Please stay warm. Go to warming centers. If you are at home and you don't have heat, do not turn on that stove and try and get heat. A lot of people get burned out of their homes and they die that way. If you do not have heat, go to a warming center. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. If you must go outside, get in your car and go somewhere, even though you've been, you've been warned not to do that, please have blankets. Have that which can keep you warm, that can keep each part of your body from exposure to the cold. It takes 10 minutes to get frostbite. That's right, just 10 minutes. It does not take long at all, even if you are in your car. But if you don't have heat, you've got a problem. So everybody, please stay warm. Please, 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 please stay safe. We're talking about the top stories of the year. What are they for you? I mean, Shapiro, you said it's uh, the McMichaels convictions in the Ahmaud Arbery case. Going to ask you about that, Attorney Daryl Jones, because of course you and Attorney Barbara Arnwine were on top of that case. There's so much that happened. So much that happened this year. I mean, it's like, how do you choose? But pull them up. I want to hear from the panel. Just you know, They gave us some of their stories, but I know there's so many more. They might even react to some of what they heard other panelists say. But I want to hear from you at 773-763-9278, 773-763-9278. And what do you foresee for 2023? What's going to happen? Do you think it's going to be as exciting a year? Do you think it's going to be even more exciting? Call me at 773-763-WCPT. 820. Let's get to some of these headlines. In Chicago, we'll have a high of 2 degrees. It'll be cloudy. It'll feel like it's 7 below zero, however. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, the high will be 1 degree above zero. But it will feel like 11 degrees below zero. Please be careful. In the NFL, the Jaguars bested the bested the Jets last night, 19-3. to In the NBA, the Bulls will be playing the Knicks tonight, and the Timberwolves will be playing the Celtics. In the NHL, The Blue Jackets will be here in Chicago, and the Sharks, well, they were triumphant over the wild, 5-2, 40-degree drop in an hour in Denver. Such is the weather in the United States of America, and the massive winter storm that is battering the United States is hitting major cities at a time when millions of Americans are trying to fly to be with their loved ones for the holiday. What's going to happen, everybody? Nearly 3,000 flights within, into, or out of the United States have already been canceled today, according to flight tracking site FlightAware, according to this CNN report. Cancellations are highest at New York's LaGuardia Airport in Detroit, Seattle, Chicago, Denver, and Boston, according to data. Everybody, please be careful. I'm thanking the Lord that my baby sister Jackie got home. It it took her a while. She was delayed, 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 delayed for hours, for hours trying to get back in to be with us for the holidays. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection recommends barring former President Donald Trump from holding office again. What do you think about that? I can't wait to hear Dwight McKee's thoughts on that. Do you think that will hold? Because he's already running for president. He's already running. Everybody's been laughing about these NFT cards, but they did sell out. Russian President Vladimir Putin said the quiet part out loud. He labeled fighting in Ukraine a war for the first known time in public, deviating from his carefully crafted description of Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. And those are just some of the headlines. Well, migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border 
are struggling to find shelter, if they don't have the proper papers, uh, attorney Sanad, they're turned away from official shelters. Wow. So you have a lot of people on the streets, and they shouldn't be. Remember, this is the Christmas season, everybody. It's the Christmas season. Jesus, Jesus was shut out of the inn, put in a barn. <laughs> Think about that. And uh, attorneys, not, it's not that I don't like holiday season. I just think one of the things that we've done in this time is that we've secularized Christmas. And that, for me, as someone who's religious, is offensive. Um, I remember as a child, we used to eat, get a story or two on television about baby Jesus and, how, and the circumstances under which he was born. I miss that. I mean, and I think that you if know, you miss that, that it's about that we no, no. share our religious no, no, no. But, but I said I said that at the top of my show. Hold on, no, no. But want to do it. I, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I hear you, but I said that at the top of the show. No one should be offended yes, by anyone's religious tradition. But secularizing okay. this, which is a religious holiday, for me is problematic, and I stand on that. That having been said, that's why I handle it this way. While I acknowledge, I was raised to acknowledge (laughs) every other tradition because every other tradition has something to teach you. That having been said, for me, it's not just happy holidays. Like when I made Christmas cards as a child, my mother would not allow me to put X-Mass. She said, no, 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 we know what Christmas is about. This is Christ, the Mass of Christ. Don't you ever do that. And so the admonition that my mother gave me was quite strong and it stayed with me. You can call it PTSD. <laughs> but that's kind of where I am. With, not kind of, it's where I am. And I make no apologies. As I acknowledge Hanukkah, as I, as I acknowledge all of these holidays in this holy season, but I know what the reason for the season is. And I think that we need to get back to that. I think it would help everybody. I really, really do. So everybody call me at 773-763-9278. What do you think is the big story or are the big stories of the year? Let's not forget Katanji Brown-Jackson, first black woman on the Supreme Court, and she has already made quite a difference. She has had a stellar, stellar performance, and, um, and she has really been above board ethically. In stark contrast to the other African-American on the, on the court, Clarence Thomas. So let's talk. We're welcoming, uh, of course, we have Dwight McKee, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, Attorney Daryl Jones, Attorney Anastasia Sinat, Attorney Aaron Connolly, but we have also got Attorney Mark Fancher who's with us. Attorney Mark Fancher, hey, 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 how you doing? Welcome. Oh, I'm doing just Welcome fine. home. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, tell me, what's the big story or stories this year in a couple of minutes? Well, I, I uh, you know, as an African born in America, um, I, I recognize that if I limit myself and my perspective to what happens in this country, then I am perpetually a minority. So I like to think of myself as part of something much bigger, part of an African world, and part of an oppressed international world. And in that respect, I think that uh, while there are so many things that are going on that cause us to be discouraged, there's also a lot to make us very inspired. Uh, we, we have witnessed over the past year uh, great developments in Central and South America in terms of their continuing revolutionary path that they're taking. Uh, you know, Gustavo Petro in Colombia, Luis and Nacio Lula da Silva in Brazil, uh, when Biden tried to exclude uh, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela from the summit of the Americas. Uh, much of the region stood in solidarity with them against the United States. Uh, 
uh, we see that at the World Cup, Free Palestine, uh, the movement for that was clearly in evident. Uh, and uh, even though in Africa, uh, there is so much that's happening that's neo-colonial in nature, uh, so much that uh, is very bourgeois and not revolutionary. Uh, we at least see uh, developments that uh, show that there's a growing awareness of the significance and the importance of imperialist uh, military intervention on that continent and resistance to it. And even with the, uh, the conflict that uh, existed, the war really, that raged between Ethiopia and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, the African Union, uh, which leaves much to be desired, nevertheless was instrumental in negotiating a peace treaty. Uh, that creates conditions for more serious political movement uh, that tends to unite the continent rather than divide it. Uh, so there is much to be encouraged about if we see ourselves as part of that uh, part of the world, as, a part, as opposed to limiting ourselves to the Democratic Party, Republican Party paradigm uh, in a game that we can never win. Uh, united with oppressed humanity around the world, we are a force to be reckoned with. And I think that oppressed humanity around the world is on the march, it's on the move. Uh, and uh, before you know it, the imperialist and capitalist forces will be crushed. Mm. Everybody, what do you think? Call us at 773-763-9278. 773-763-9278. Was the big story of the year, was it national, was it domestic, was it international? Was it all of the above? Fanya said, Katanji Brown-Jackson overturning Roe v. Wade and Georgia. Shapiro um, says, the McMichaels, of course, the Arbery case. What about the Arbery case? Why did that, why did that strike us with such ferocity, Attorney Jones? You know, Santina, I think that the Arbery uh, case struck us for a number of reasons. I think that one of the reasons was we had this just completely innocent young man, right? Ahmad Aubrey, he's 25, who had done nothing wrong, had invoked no, you know, anyone. I mean, you could not get, uh, you know, a, a sweeter lamb uh, in a sweeter situation than Ahmad Aubrey, who was out for a jog. And, you know, what then happens with the three white male vigilantes that, uh, that chase him down, that corner him, that kill him, and it's witnessed by the video that's shot by William Roddy Bryan, who's one of the three. And it's something about watching that video that just really brought it to life for everyone about the innocence that was, that was and the anger. You know, and I guess it's the mixture of the innocence and the hatred uh, that these three men had for this young black man for no other reason than he was young black in, in their neighborhood. So to see the state of Georgia, uh, you know, in a, in a rural, rural area in Georgia with a predominantly white jury uh, and a black male juror that was the, that was the foreperson, convict these three men of that for the first time in Georgia's history to use the federal hate crime statute and have that conviction and have them sentenced to life in prison again. Uh, I think that's what uh, connected with so many people because they realized it could have been anyone's brother, anyone's uh, son, uh, any any young black male could have been Ahmaud Arbery. And I think that was the connection uh, that people felt. They just knew that we needed to have some justice. There had to be some closure. We couldn't allow this to continue to happen to our young black folk in this country. 
I think that was the connection that was there, Santita. Mm. Hey, hey, let me go to Howard from Los Angeles. Howard, what's on your mind today? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. It's been a long time for me. Uh, okay, quickly, I've been having a problem getting you guys. I've been, it's been a problem trying to stream their station out here for the past week or so, and I really miss it. But I really oh. want to talk about maybe, you know, yeah, it's, it's been a problem. Well, well have you tried us on YouTube? Have you tried us on YouTube or my Facebook page, Santita Jackson and Friends? No, I haven't tried. I've been trying you on our TuneIn. Okay, well, all, well, you know what? Always try, you know, WCPT.com and AM950Radio.com. But join us over on YouTube. We have a lot of fun. Okay, I'll try that. I'll get okay, sweetie. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer, so I got to get my kids to help me out. <laughs> it's all right. You'll, you'll be all right. <laughs> I know. But I, I, what I really want to talk about, the NFL, you had all that brutal weather back here. Is they going to play games tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Is that cruel and usual punishment? You know, I think the players association should address that. Uh, let's, you know, let's, it just goes to prove that the NFL is the plantation. They're going to play regardless, you know. And Even in dangerous conditions. There's, there's very dangerous conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out here in California. We play football all year long. Even in rain, there's, you know, rain. I can understand rain. But I, when you get past the Rockies, wow. It's, and we're looking at that stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, I think the players association should address that issue because that's that's not right being out there that in those business like that below zero weather and all the clothes in the world they go help you like we were all said this album back in the day, you know about Chicago and things the Hawk and everything. So uh, I think they should address that. I hope somebody listening to me that's in the players association would address that in a meeting. So that's very important to me. I said, how can you play in that kind of weather? You know, and out here, uh, and out here in California, uh, uh, they have stipulations for high school kids can practice in the summer because of the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I think, no, no. I think that's, that's a very important issue. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You're right. You're right. Thank you for that. And may God bless yeah. you in this holy season. Yeah, you know, you know, they could, they could, they could postpone us. They could back it up for a while and. You know, postpone the game till the weather gets more. more, more of course more, they could. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> of course so, they could. Know, These people are so greedy, Howard. Thing. Oh, it's terrible. They don't care. You're right. You're right. They don't care. They're out there. They're not Jerry Jones and all the other owners. They're in their, press, in their box seats watching the game. You know, he's walking around in a three-piece suit, you know, decked out. He's watching players out there, you know, going through the motions of getting hurt. You don't care. Well, you know what? I won't. Well, let me say this. I won't go that far, but I will say this Uh, because I think, you know, some of them do care and some of them don't. I mean, and that unfortunately that happens. I think what we've got to look at is just fair working conditions, because think about it. Our railway workers (laughs) for all of, you know, for, for all that they have been through this year, they still do not have paid leave. You know, I think there's a fundamental uh, disrespect that we have for working people. You know, I think it's offensive to to publicize the salaries of these professional athletes and not publicize the profits personally of the owners. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You act like these, they act like these athletes are just taking all this money. We're paying these players. Oh, no, but the owners are, the owners are reaping billions. And their children and their children's children will get the same because they own the teams. Think about that, everybody. I've got Linear Bob who's, um, what'd you say, sweetie, before you go? Hello? Yeah, before you go. Oh, I, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, I lost my thought. But, you know, if, if they're able to pay these guys all that money, think about what, like you said, think about what the owners are making, you know. Ex- you know that's right. Money contract. What are they making? They've got to make trillions of dollars. Well, they're I'm making, making well, they're making billions. You pay that. They're making billions, and therefore the people who generate the money for them should get a piece of that. And so I hear you. I agree with that. And they should have safe working conditions. Linear Bob, I only have a few minutes for you, but sweetie, I wanted to hear your voice before the holidays, before the holidays went on. And I want to know what after because you're with us every day. What yes, do you ma'am. think? What do you think is the big story, or are the big stories of the year? You got a couple of minutes. Well, I would say one of, one of the biggest stories is actually one that's been a, a slow-motion thing going for several years. Uh, Dr. Nancy McLean wrote a book about it. Uh, the title of the book is Democracy in Chains. And this is how the, I guess you could say, the oligarchy and, and the authoritarian, rich authoritarians want to rule everything and uh, essentially force, I guess, everybody else to become like serfs. We're almost going back to 800 A.D. with castles with very wealthy people living in them, surrounded by hundreds or thousands of straw and mud huts with people like like us and like people like I see now literally living on the, on the sides of freeways by the off-ramps in tents. And that and that's happening. You know, the homelessness is happening in huge numbers uh, mm-hmm. around around the country. But look at what happens to a homeless person. Can they vote? They don't have an address. So they, how do you how do you, how can they register to vote? How can they even be represented? And the answer is not. I think it's a long term, slow crushing of of middle class and working class people who will who will literally not have a voice and and not have because they don't have a place uh, i'm seeing that and dr wolf has talked about this he's been on mm-hmm. the program several times and and he's talked about this we've had and, and we've talked about the political thing you know you had uh, greg palast talking about the uh, disenfranchisement of people by the thousands you know the challenged voting thing all part of this same big picture of taking away democracy from the average people and being it just a small few that that dictate to everyone else what's going to happen in this country and actually in the whole world. And so it's it's not a one story thing, but I see this like like icebergs running into each other. Mm. Well, I mean, this the class issue, Dwight Bicky. I've got a, I've got about a minute before we go to break. What about that? I mean, because that's like the dirty little word that we don't want to mention in the United States of America. We've racialized classism, but classism is real here, Dwight McKee. Oh, either this country is based on classism, and uh, it only gets more exacerbated as the rich get richer and the poor gets poorer. I'm glad to see that some of the the the, 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 the 
those new politicians, i.e. the new mayor of California, is taking the homeless issue heads on because what is happening is that these corporations are buying up people's houses or putting these people's houses in foreclosure and then uh, raising the rent at such a level is that the average person really can't afford to pay rent and can't afford to buy a house. And so they are becoming even what we call the middle class. Many of them becoming homeless. Um, if you go down to the north side, in, in many places, it's beginning to look like Tent City, like the end of Dr. King there. Mm. At the, uh, the, the poor, poor people's campaign, uh, people who a couple of years ago had housing, many of them, some being middle-class whites, now live in tents. And so, yeah, class is a major, major, major problem and will be until the people unite and take a position against these corporations and these politicians that are, are strategically taking their homes from them and elevating the, the, the rent in such a way that they can no longer afford it. Well, you know, when we get back, let's let's talk about the role that corporations play in our lives. What is the role? I mean, what about the Christmas truce, which we talked about this week? It was held during the First World War. Great Britain and Germany refused to shoot each other. And the truce lasted day after day after day after day until the military commanders and the government officials said, hey, we need you to fight. What's going on? Hmm. Think about that. Call us at 773-763-9278. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. You know what? It's been four years, if you can believe this, since we had a new mayor in Chicago. Wow. And so now we've got what will is proving to be. It will be a very exciting season, and it's going to be a national campaign because everybody wants to know who will be mayor of Chicago. We had the first black woman mayor of Chicago, and many people believe that Chuy Garcia could become the first Hispanic mayor of Chicago. It is going to be a fight. What are their visions for the city? And what are the visions of all the other people running? I mean, because who knows? They could come through just like Lori Lightfoot did four years ago, and she could hold on to her seat. We just don't know what's going to happen. But on January 26th, WCPT is going to help you out. Joan Esposito, Patty Vasquez, and I are going to be moderating a debate, a discussion with these candidates. 
That's right. Some of the people that I just mentioned and others will be a part of this forum. You don't want to miss it, everybody. The WCPT Chicago Mayoral Candidates Forum. You'll hear directly from the candidates, no filter, about the direction that they want to take the city in for the next four years right here on WCPT, streaming on all of our platforms. So, everybody, please keep it locked. January 26th, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Let's talk about this. Um, as we talk about the year that was and the year that we see for 2023. What about this Christmas truce? The Christmas truce of 1914 during World War I when German and British soldiers refused to shoot each other on Christmas Day. And the truce went, kept on going day after day after day into January. And then the commanders were alarmed. And they said, wait a minute, hold on, we need you to fight. And the commanders, of course, get their orders from the presidents and the prime ministers and the military-industrial complex. That's the only reason these men started fighting each other once again. It's telling. It's telling. It happened more than 100 years ago, but it's happening now. It's happening now. They took their helmets off, and they started playing soccer with their helmets, using the helmets as balls, sharing food, singing Silent Night, Stila Nacht, the German uh, version of Silent Night. They would, They did all of that. And yet they were ordered to start fighting again by their governments and by the military-industrial complex. What do you think about the Christmas juice? Is that something that we could have today? Aaron Connolly. I'm not I'm not sure if we, we could have it have it in the same way today. I, I have hmm. a, a hope for our humanity that 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 that's true. But if we look at how, how warfare has changed so much and what um what we ask our men and women in uniform to do, right? Um, it's it's a completely different landscape and the folks sometimes making those decisions are uh, far in a faraway land driving a, a magical robot, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's not this, this person-to-person interaction anymore. So I think it's just it's, it's, it's a completely changed um, landscape. Um, but I hope that we can um, find a little more peace. And I'm hoping that the United States leadership, as we have an incoming Congress, as we have a... a a different generation of folks coming in that we can we can find some common ground about even having peace as the goal. When we look at uh, approvals of defense budgets without with little to no debate, when we look at Pentagon accountability um, and auditing with with uh, no accountability in many ways, we have to we have to be leaders of our of our own um, of our own troops in in, in this way and, and take a different. Um, take a different tact, I think. So um, that is my hope, that we have people that understand peace and love and brotherhood um, in a way that we saw uh, during that time. CK, what do you think about a Christmas truce? Would that be possible? I think a Christmas truce um, would be possible, but it's not likely. Mm. I mean, it, it always is possible, but it's just not likely. I think that, you know, the, the sides have defined um, the fight. They are so entrenched they can't see the force for the truth. And it's unfortunate because, you know, as we look at, you know, we look at the television and, and look at the unfolding, you know, war in the Ukraine and actually other wars throughout the world. 
we recognize that in this holiday season, many people are suffering more and more because of war. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to all pay for this in the, in the new year, in 2023. But there, I don't think there's going to be a truce at all, even though that's the right thing to do. It's the human thing to do. It's the humanitarian thing to do. It's, it's the faith-based thing to do, but I think it's unlikely. Hmm. Daryl Jones. I mean, what does it say to you that it was the the commanders and the military-industrial complex who made these men resume war in 1914? You know, what it, what it does to me, Santita, that, you know, if people are left to their own oftentimes, that is the, the good nature that's in a person, particularly during this time of, of the year, that there's something... That, uh, that people want to do the right thing. They want to be connected. They want to love one another and respect one another and respect what each other is going through. They want folks to have the opportunity to spend time with their family, to actually live life. And it's when we have the, uh, the interjection of, uh, of superiors, if you will, that say, no, uh-uh, y'all need to get resumed to trying to kill one another because we have uh, our interests, our country's interests, our corporate interests, that's at stake. Uh, that's what it indicates to me, that if, if people really had a chance to just meet one another without all the, you know, uh, power uh, stuff going on, power grabs going on, I sort of think that people would pretty much try to, to get along. And I, and I think that's what that sort of displays to me, is that, you know, the soldiers here, they, they got along uh, and, you know, and respected one another. But it's when you put the power piece into it and, and the war piece into it uh, that then you get to the hate uh, and, and, the, uh, you know, and, and that whole psyche of, of hate that then uh, evolves. But I, I think that, in, you know, perhaps I'm in my own little shell here, but I think that, you know, left to your own, you're more inclined to love than to hate. That's how I see it. Mm. You know, I agree I with that. I think I... that the intellectual, intellectual war that's going on impacts us in a lot of different ways from the street all the way to the corporate offices. So I agree with you. So, I mean, so that's, I was about to shift to you. What about, a, what about a, a Christmas truce? I mean, and I'm not just saying in Ukraine, I'm saying everywhere there is conflict. What about that? There's so well, many well, lessons I mean, that, that, that we can learn from that. Yeah, it's an emotional intelligence. It's, a, it's human intelligence. If you're not using your mind in order to create a space that's safe for other people to live and operate, then it's going to be hectic. And if you are unwilling to um, reject those who are um, going to benefit from the chaos, right, the war, benefit from that, then you're going to give them the power. So it's up to the persons that are in those spaces in order to make those determinations. But how do you ha- how does that happen in a in a place where we're consistently educating them that they should follow orders? I mean, not to say that we're bad people, but when you're constantly telling people to follow orders and have a rank, have a command, um, follow the pyramid, go to the top, reach to the top, there's no one that's going to be able to make an independent decision because they're not necessarily familiar with how they can topple things by not um, following that thought, if that makes any sense. It absolutely makes sense. Is what I'm basically what I'm saying. I don't see a truth coming. I see 
the benefits of it, but I don't see the truth coming. Mm. Well, that lets you know how immature we are. Mark Fancher, <laughs> Attorney Fancher, what do you think? What about a Christmas truce? I mean, what did we, what could we have learned from the last one in 1914? Um, and they might have had others. You know, but I think that the whole idea of peace is so threatening to those who, whose business is war, we wouldn't hear about it. Attorney Fancher. Well, you know, I'm in your club in terms of uh, trying to make us remember that Christmas is about Christ. Uh, and what those soldiers did is to basically uh, take the message of Christmas and to copy what Jesus would have done in that type of a situation. And I think the world would be much better off if we continued to do that, because his life really provided us with a roadmap for how to navigate a very vicious and wicked world. Uh, Jesus himself lived in an imperial situation. Uh, He lived in first century Palestine, which was occupied by a Roman Empire, which was vicious and brutal and cruel, uh, which raped and pillaged among uh, his community. And his response to that uh, was to say, we have no part in that. We will withdraw completely from that. He and his followers, which immediately after his death numbered in the thousands, uh, began to create their own separate nation. Uh, They placed everything that they had individually into a common treasury and shared as people had need. They ignored the empire. It was not part of their reality. And I think that that is the road forward for us when we're trying to deal with imperialism, because we're dealing with it on a global scale, not just in Palestine. Uh, We're dealing with an imperialism uh, that is so vicious, so wicked, and so evil that it's willing to take thousands and thousands of young people and to arm them and to send them into conflict and to sacrifice their bodies for the sake of profit. We're dealing with a system that's so vicious that it has something that many call disaster capitalism, where they're willing to let wars rage so that entire countries can be leveled and destroyed so that they can, their corporations, you know, their, their contractors can come in and rebuild the country at a cost of trillions of dollars for their personal greed. You know, as I said during the break, this is Satan at work on Earth, and it has to be combated. And there are strategies for doing it. You know, Huey Newton who was the co-founder of the Black Panther Party, was decades ahead of his time and his thinking. And we have not yet come to fully appreciate his genius. We have not reached his level of political development and insight. And one of the things that he took note of is that the imperialists engage in something that he called reactionary intercommunalism, where they separate themselves from the rest of us. The major corporations pull themselves out of national boundaries, and they, they operate on a global basis, and they're interconnected globally so that they can exploit and dominate the world. What he called for was something that he called revolutionary intercommunalism, which is the globalization of what Jesus and his followers did, where people of goodwill, nations of goodwill, communities of goodwill, withdraw from imperialism, and they unite on a global basis, and they operate separate and apart, and they defeat uh, imperialism on a global basis. We need a truce, not that's limited to the soldiers who are used as cannon fodder in these conflicts, 
But we need a truth among real people, not major corporations, a truth among real people that lasts all year long and which works for global cooperation among people, working people, oppressed people who are determined to crush this great evil that we call imperialism. Amen to that. Dwight McKee? (laughs) Christmas truce. What do you think about it? And why were you so moved by that this week? Well, a couple of reasons, I don't think we ever have a, a truce like that because war used to be very personal. You had bayonets and you was hand-to-hand combat and you was in foxholes that were uh, three or four and five feet apart. And you could hear and sing and laugh and cry and die. And so one of the reasons that the first truce came about is because the people were able to recognize the mutual humanity of each side and discover how much they had in common. You know, a love for Christmas, a love for family, a love for Christ. And that bound them. Now war is so technological and so impersonal that with the drones and the bombs and you really never see who you're killing. In fact, one of the reasons that they've been putting people one of the reasons they've been putting people in court martial is the people that show the other people that are getting killed. So you see real life and death. Now if you show us that or expose that, they court martial you and put you in jail. But showing real people getting killed. It's uh, And so unless it comes from the people themselves, unless they raise a ruckus and force the politicians and the generals to declare peace and declare truce, it, it won't come from the bottom down. It has to come from the top up. We, the people, will have to force that into the, uh, the spirit of the politicians and the generals. But we think it's impossible. What will change our minds? Uh, I think that that minds are changing. When you look around the world, what you see is a new spirit of, of, of confrontation of the government. In Iran, you see women standing up to the government now. In China, you see Chinese students standing up to the government now. I think that we see uh, in Russia, you see the Russians saying, study war no more. I see there's there's a new spirit of the common people uh, who are trying to force peace, at least on the table. Now, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these regimes respond in terms of how repressive they can be. Okay, one moment. We can hear something in the background. Okay, very good. I'm sorry, keep on, Dwight. Even in Venezuela, there's a spirit of the people rising up and trying to declare declare order on the governments. Well, and tucked underneath that in Venezuela, they want America out of their business. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, everybody wants things to be right. Everybody wants things to be right. Call me at 
I think we got Shapurl. Shapurl, you wanted to call in? We were trying to reach you a little bit earlier, but what's on your mind today? You were talking about the McMichaels but in the, the, in the Ahmad Arbery case, but we're also talking about this Christmas truce. Your thoughts today? Uh, yes, Antita, thank you so much. Listen, I, I, I do think that the McMichaels conviction was probably the uh, biggest story of the year. But I also have some, I know they have a line. They just tell me true stories, too, because there are some some things that happened this year that I just simply couldn't believe. And that's like paying $5 a gallon for gas. I'm like, I know they lying. I know they ain't telling me that it's $5 a gallon. It got to be $5 to fill up my whole tank. I am not paying $125 this year to fill up my car. That was one. The other one that recently happened was... The price of meat. I'm paying. Inflation is probably like the biggest story that people are not talking about, but I feel it daily. And it's like you're sitting up here, you're paying $5 for lettuce, $10 for eggs, for a dozen. Well, it used to be 47 cents. It's crazy. And this is probably like, what people are saying, you know, everybody's like, oh, wages have gone up, jobs. For who? I'm trying to figure out who, who, who benefited in 2022. Because the average person did not benefit from anything. Only the corporations and the rich people and the arms dealers, that's who made it through 2022. And so I think that some of the stories that, that, that we're talking about today and when it comes to you know, the McMichaels, we talked to abortion. I think the story that, that hit everybody's pockets was inflation. So we need to definitely talk about that, Santita. Mm. So, well, you know, inflation, it's something that, <laughs> you know, I guess we're going to go out as we came in. I've got literally just under a minute for everyone here because i got to be out at 58, you guys. Um, let me start with you, CK, in under a minute. Well, you know, what do you what do you foresee for 2023? What do you want to see? What I, what I, what I want to see, Santita, is real cooperation, collaboration between the uh, Republicans and the Democrats and politics. What I want to see is that people should continue to to look at Georgia as an example of what could happen in the worst case scenario with voter suppression and the best case scenario when people stand up, especially young folks, say enough is enough and vote. So I hope that 2023, that we will take all of the lessons, good and bad, of 2022 and do better and be more compassionate towards each other. And it's not, for me, it's not a question of whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. For this country to move forward, they have got to work together, no matter how you slice it. So that's what I'd like to see in 2023. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they, the people, the people, Shapiro made an excellent point of what we're not talking about when you go in the grocery store and have to pay three times, five times, ten times the amount of money to buy the same food. That impacts the, the moral fabric, the economy, the economic empowerment, our communities more than anything else. But if we don't have people from both sides of the aisle talking to each other, we can't address that. Hmm. Well, just yeah, I've got I've got less than 30 seconds for everyone. Erin Connolly. 
2023. Well, thank you for having me on this panel, and thank you, Santita. And I look forward to discussing all of this with all of you in 2023. And I really, really want to see us look at the values that that we're focused on with our families this week and put those into our policies more. Let's expand EITC and keep people out of poverty. Let's live those values in a way that can help people and solve some of these problems that Shapiro was talking about. We can do it, but as CK said, we have to do it together and we have to have a sense that we are actually all in this together. It's a long game, not a short game. You have to have the will to do it. Uh, Mark Fancher. Well, I sign on to what was just said and ask that uh, we use Christmas as a chance to really think about who Jesus was, what he confronted, and to pattern our lives after his. Uh, in so many ways, he purposely experienced what we experienced and showed us how to deal with it. We just need to relax, be calm, follow the roadmap, and uh, the world will be a much better place in 2023. I think that it can be. Uh, Daryl Jones? Young voter power, Santita. You know, I look forward to seeing our young voters continue to get out there and, and break records and get involved in our voting system and lead the way with regards to the issues that are important to them today. Young voting power is what I'm pushing for for 2023, Santita. Hmm. Dwight McKee. Our co-sign, the next Christmas truce needs to be between the Democrats and the Republicans is that we, if, if they are in the same kind of tension, in the same kind of mode that they've been in for the last four years, it is only going to further exacerbate the tension between each uh, side of the country and set us right for more uh, destruction and tension and a potential civil war. So I think the next Christmas truce to be between them, the Democrats and the Republicans. Hmm. Anastasia Sanat. Anastasia, you still there? Well, I think, you know what, I, have I missed anyone? Let me know, let me know now, forever hold your peace until 2023. I hope that we will see peace, love, joy, and happiness. I do believe um, that it's all possible. The Lord's Prayer tells us that we are but really a thought away from the life that we live on earth being as it already is in heaven. But we have to change our minds. Whatever your faith tradition is or is not, just know that this world is ours. And the reason it is in the state in which we find it is because we're not doing the work. We've got to do the work. We've got to make this world what it's supposed to be. It is a divine place and it is a gift. And I just hope that you all will have a blessed holy season. Yes, it is the Christmas season. We're supposed to learn from this boy who was turned away, who, who was born under the threat of death, whose parents hid him in Africa. And then he was turned away from the inn. As we're turning away the migrants, you don't have your papers. What are you doing here? So we put him in a barn where there was cow dung and all kinds of dung. But then we got the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Think about that, everybody. Think about it. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. 